Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with my good, good friend, Dave Damashek. Why is that so hard to say, Dave? Here we are, second one of the week. I think it gets rough when we do it at night. Uh, well, listen, maybe you're nervous because you're about to talk to one part of the greatest studio sports show I think ever known to man, right? Oh, is yeah. That, is that hyperbole to call that? No, no way. No way. Kenny the Jet Smith is joining us. And I, this is like this is like a real show now, Dave, right? It's funny. Like Joel yeah, Solomon, one, one of the producers said, I thought you guys would be interviewing like James Baby Doll Dixon every day. No. We have real athletes. We have real ex-athletes. Uh, this is a real deal. I know. I, I'm pretty sure he's weighed in on this one. This one, um, about a year ago, was getting a lot of attention with the uh, with the Jordan documentary coming out. But one of my favorite sports what-ifs, you know, I love uh, the butterfly effect as it pertains to the sports world, is I've long contended, much to the chagrin, upset, or otherwise of Bulls fans, I think that Michael Jordan really dodged a career bullet by not having to face Akeem Olajuwon in those Houston Rockets. I think they would have oh, gotten yeah. I think that would have I think that would have done him. I I, I want to ask Kenny the Jet about that. And by the way, Sal, we're old mm. enough fellas now talking about sports studio shows, we were remiss in not honoring or the the passing of Irv Cross. From, uh, I know. Uh, from Brent Musburger. Dun dun we talked about him. He was great. And uh, I don't know why he was with Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek and Phyllis George back then, that CBS crew uh, back in the heyday and then kind of disappeared. I feel bad because I was thinking about it. Like not not in the I hadn't seen him interviewed, hadn't seen anything, you know, in his 80s, I think, when he passed. But Irv Cross played for the uh, Eagles, right? That's correct. Yeah, That's right. you can there dig you him go. up on YouTube and watch him go up against Jim Brown in a in a title game. It's pretty fun to take a look at all those legends out there running around pre Super Bowl era. Yeah, that was a fun one. Hey, last night we did our draft. We did what's called a futures draft that takes us from March Madness till the middle of July, just to keep us interested. Not that there's not enough going on, but we took most of the talent here on extra points. We invited them all. Some of them, Jerry Ferrara, Rob Parker, too good for us. They said no. Not doing hats. it. Yeah. Yes, they high hat us. But uh, no, we did put that up, Jim Cunningham. We did nine rounds and the 10th round as a parlay. It gets very confusing. Our uh, friend and my partner in crime here, Toby Mergler, set this up. But Jim, put this up. It was There were 14 of us competing, and you could take any kind of... I mean, there's uh, Kentucky Derby. There's Women's French Open. You could grab from any big event from now until the middle of July. And the way we ran baseball is who would be the leader in the National League East at the All-Star game? Who would have the most home runs in the NL at the All-Star break? Stuff like that. That's how we broke down a season that was we were joining um, right in the middle. But anyway, Mikey Meatballs took the Nets first. I don't want to go through all of these, but I took the Utah well, Jazz. Well, the bottom champ. line is, yeah. basically, we're taking, we, we've turned gambling into a fantasy sport or fantasy sports into gambling. Yeah. And basically, we drafted anything that you can gamble on in the sports world for the next three months. That's right. I, I mean, should the, have said it that way. Yep. You're right. 
So like the first round is 300 fake dollars you have to risk. The second round is 200 fake dollars. Third round, 150. And then there are a few 50s and a few 25s in there. It took us an hour and 15 minutes. It was nothing. We had a lot of fun, 14 of us in the room. Um, at, I feel like people like you were nervous that there were, everyone else would have a strategy. But I also feel like all the strategies were abandoned almost immediately. Do you feel the same way as well, I look at also, this? Well, I mean, also it's a it's a brand new sport, so that we're basically doing here. So yeah. strategies are are all uh, to be tested here at this point. I mean, nobody. How does anybody? I I don't know if there's any high math that you can apply here, Sal, to say this is definitely going to be the winning strategy. I don't know. No. I just took the ones I like best, and I started out with uh, Illinois going to the Final Four, the the team that you and I both kind of separately and randomly both landed on. As our uh, as our title winning pick, I, I played it a little safe by going Final Four there, but it's funny. It may call me a prisoner of the moment because I watched them uh, hammer Michigan in the uh, in the couple hours before that one yeah. without their best player. There so, you go. So it's they, easy to get on board with the Illini right now. They might have uh, they might have hoodwinked you there, but no. So that you'll have three hundred dollars in the first round to spend, and you had Illinois. So if that hits, you get three to one odds. You're getting nine hundred, right? And I did something similar. I took the right. Jazz to win the West. At plus four fifty, I'll get thirteen fifty now. Babyface Joel Solomon with his first pick took Lamelo Ball, who was minus four ten. So, Babyface, you're going to get about eighty dollars back on that, less seventy something dollars. What was your thinking behind that? I thought this was real money, Sal, and I I made a mistake. <laughs> Stop it. No, I I wanted to get on the board early, and I wanted a I feel like a shoe in winner, and uh, I right. was a little more conservative. Interesting. And then um, heel producer Jim Cunningham, I think he had the thirteenth pick or twelfth pick. You went with West Virginia. You've not you've not watched. I would say under three and a half minutes worth of West Virginia uh, the Mountaineer basketball this year. You'd be correct. I'd be correct with the under. You took them at four to one odds. Why did you take them? I was listening to Titus and Tate's pod, and they oh, sounded good. Boy. So you I go. figured picking a Final Four team, there's more chances. So anyway, it's a lot of fun with those names. We will <laughs> we will uh, post the rules to this. I mean, Martin Weiss from uh, Lemon Pepper Parlay at Dustin Johnson to win the U.S. Open. That was his first pick at ten to one. There's obviously uh, Michigan was in there. The Yankees, Nadal. Bayern Munich is in there. It's, uh, Harry, of course. I think Harry took three but Kentucky then also, Derby horses. I don't know what but happened. But it's not just it's not just who's going to win a title or or so yeah. because also we have in there the third quarterback to be tra- taken in the first oh, round yeah. of the NFL draft and yeah. and uh, those player props as well. So it's the blend of these that's going to make this so magical. But I'm I'm behind the eight ball. Listen, I, I'm not a sharp. I know I'm not uh, betraying anything. Um, publicly that uh, I don't think people can pick up on. It's intimidating. You and the uh, against all odds boys really are savvy. I'm I'm more your gambling pal. I'm not your gambling yeah. sharp, you know, join me or go against me one way or the other and join me for the fun of it. Um, but man, I was intimidated going up against you fellas. Um, but it's uh, fun. you know, the most intimidating I, I, part is great. The most intimidating part for me was um, well, first of all, the way it is to set up, our, our, our friend Toby's a, a, a maniac with this stuff, right? But he sets it up. If you make a pick, you could potentially take a pick that someone else made already, and then it lights up red, right, bright in your face, like Rudolph's nose, like, oh, my God. 
you screwed up and everybody <laughs> sees on the document that you took someone who was already selected and you get laughed at and laughed at. It was like playing the game of operation, like very, oh, like, oh, all right, did I, oh, I hope Dustin Johnson wasn't taken to win the PGA already. Okay, good. I, I got him there. But uh, yeah, I, there, there's no real, I, I don't know. I mean, we look at uh, Jen Piacenti. She's our baseball expert, right? Who'd she take? Babyface, uh, Clint, Clint Frazier. The Astros to win the division at least, right? Oh, right, yeah, right. But she had a 60 to one odds. Yeah, she took uh, Clint pick. Frazier. Clint Frazier to win the to be leading in a, the home run leader at the hall all-star break. So she wins the whole thing. If that, uh, if that hits. So anyway, all right, we've spent enough time on our draft. Like we said, Kenny, it's, it's going to be really fun though. I think to track. Oh yeah, for sure. You know what? We'll go over all the picks with Kenny, the jet Smith. We'll go over all 140 picks and, uh, I want him to rank them. One <laughs> People were taking horses from the, uh, from the Kentucky Derby. That's what, that's where, I yeah. felt uh, like I can't really keep up with the sharps on. Here. I know you hit one horse. You're probably the fourth in, favorite in-, in good shape. <laughs> hey, the Brooklyn Nets, um, they went to Houston, obviously James Harden's old team. Now this was an interesting game tonight, Dave. Uh, Nets were laying, what was it? About 10 and a half. Yeah. 10 and a half, 226 with the over under. They went in there and they thrashed them. 132, 114. So the whole thing, here's the storyline. James Harden, does he take it easy on his old team? No, even when they say they're going to retire his jersey and his fat suit. No, didn't matter. Like, oh, yeah, good. Do, <laughs> do all those things. You know what? I'm going to hang 29, 10 and 14 on you. Triple double for James Harden. My God goes into the break. The Nets look like they're for real. The Rockets are junk, just limping to the uh, finish line. The finish line being the uh, all-star break. Very sad what's happened to the Rockets. But was that a good move? We'll ask Kenny Smith this. Was that a good move by the Rockets announcing before the game this morning that they were going to retire his jersey? Yeah, you would think that at minimum he would, he you know, out of sentimentality and like, mm-hmm. oh, I meant something to these people. I better not, uh, I better right. not break their hearts here tonight. You know, you're right. He's a, he's, he's a stone cold killer, this James Harden. Well, and there's I'm the other part of it. There's the other part of it. Should the Rockets have even retired the number? Like, uh, you know, of he's, course uh, not. Of course not. Uh, after what he did, it doesn't certainly doesn't need to be two months after he abandoned them, right? In such a weird way, they don't have to announce that they're doing it and put him up there in the Raptors with Olajuwon and uh, I think Calvin Murphy. Obviously, he deserves. If you look at the all-time Rocket rankings, he deserves to be. Um, you know, uh, a tribute down the road, but not when he's coming to town, right? <laughs> Fred, the wounds are fresh. No, not not even not yet. Yeah, of course, he doesn't deserve to have his. I mean, first of all, it, it's not he doesn't start his career in Houston. Obviously, he's not going to finish his career in Houston. It's not like he was there for a decade. It's not like they won a title. It's not like they ever played in the finals or anything. Whatever. This is what you do. I've I mean, I've said many times before. I find it terribly pathetic when. Like, I mean, there are people out there right now who, when the Los Angeles Rams went to the Super Bowl, there were St. Louis football fans who were happy. Well, that's my team. No, it's mm-hmm. not your team. They dumped you and they and they married somebody cuter. You're happy for them? Did you send them a wedding gift too? Did you did you get in touch with right, Jared right, Goff right. to congratulate him on his success after dumping you? 
And same goes the other way. Rams fans in Los Angeles who were rooting for Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf. Where's your dignity? Where's mm. your dignity, Houston Rockets? What kind of weirdo, pathetic move is this? Oh, so you're saying never. You're saying they never should never. retire. Oh, well, wow. You certainly don't do it this year. That's Nobody what I, treat you like that. For sure not so this sad. Year. Yes, Sec, but second all-time scorer. Second all-time scorer for the Rockets behind Akeem. Second in turnovers, first in threes, all that. I mean, the numbers bear out that he should get, he should get memorialized some way, but not this year. You don't think at all. Interesting. I, I think if you're not, if you're going to play that game, he's not going to end the your his career with the team. You're going to see very few numbers retired in the upcoming years. It's not going to be the Calvin this? Murphys this, it, and the Rudy Tomjanoviches of the Rockets. They, they they stay there forever. But I don't think it's setting the bar too high to ask that if we're going to retire a guy's number that he hasn't badmouthed us and intentionally given less than his best effort and everything else. And you're going to do it in the year that he did that to you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a really different sad. time. This is, this, is, this is tracking very much like the Cleveland Browns. This mm. is like, you have to celebrate something, so let's embrace this. Like, Browns win a wild card game, stop the city for, mm -hmm. like, let's celebrate for the next month. James yeah. Harden's coming back. Hey, he was good for us for a few years. Let's get it on, Houston. I mean, it's come think, on. What is the equivalent of announcing the morning of the day of the big game that you're, is it like, yeah, you got a new guy. Keep the engagement ring. That could be your guys' arrangement. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but it is very strange. Is it like the show? It today. It's like in most movies when there when there's a couple that splits, if that's the plot of a movie, then there's always the scene of like when they start dancing with their new loves, you know, and then oh. they keep looking at each other the whole time. Like the Houston Rockets are dancing with, I don't, but they don't have a pretty new girl. That's what's sad. They're well, just like, Dancing yeah. like, we don't miss you, but that doesn't really send that message. It says that we desperately miss you. That we, and the, that the, we have so little else happening that we may as well use you as an excuse to to get a little bit of shine here. And maybe the Rockets twisted, uh, tore their ACL doing the Pasa Doble too while we're at it. I'm trying to add to the analogy. <laughs> I, I think you just explained the premise to she's all that. I'm not sure uh, how that goes. But anyway, Rockets uh, yes. got their heads yeah. handed to them, 132-114. Like I said, triple double for James Harden. We'll ask Kenny the Jet Smith what he thinks about all this. Yes, I can't wait to hear talk. Go I ahead, I, I love it. Yeah. And the other thing, you you were talking. I'm sorry to just go back uh, one last second here to our uh, to our group draft there, which I really mm -hmm. do think is going to be a lot of fun to track. And I think that uh, the listener, when we open it up, I think uh, when we when we let the listener get in on the fun, it'll be even more fun. You said the toughest thing. The toughest thing was having to listen to Kevin Hench complain for an hour about every uh, about it. I don't I don't have enough to deal with listening to him for an hour every week on minus 3 by the way. New one coming at you um on Thursday so be on the lookout yeah. for that one. A great one with Matt Money Smith voice of the LA Chargers and our old pal Handsome Hank and Eddie Spaghetti and I all got together uh, a lot of people weighing in on that one. We had a uh, we tried the win play show what nation has the best food. Mm, but we don't I have like to get that. into that now. But I, I Hench got in my head there because uh, he was belly. <laughs> Hench is always every in your head. That'll be fun to see how that plays out. Yeah. Uh, what do I want to say? What here? nation oh, has the best food, Sal? Well, it's ours, our nation. But I listened to your thing, and I you changed the rules halfway through. It's like one, two, and no, three. No, I didn't. No, no, no. And then it's like, yeah, but four is something you'll never really have again. I'm like, oh, well, that's different. But I, I think. Uh, what, wait, what did you put one? I'm trying to figure. Did you put Italian one? 
I said Italian food. I've been the, yeah, the whole because idea pizza's of doing Italian. This because Stanley, pizza's Italian. Pizza's well, Italian. Stan, so well, it's Stanley Tucci's going. Are you watching that? By the way, yes, it's just I'm the not watching. But yeah, yeah going, I heard about it. Yeah, going around Italy eating everything. It's just a, it just is a divine idea for something. Um, if yeah, pizza's I mean, Italian, pizza it's gotta be one. It's gotta be number one because that's Marsala, the one Parmesan. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Spaghetti or gnocchi. Are you, right. you really gonna choose anything? over no. those but yes that's one and then the u.s but it's not like our version of pizza you don't get to claim that american food like brisket and barbecue mm -hmm. ribs and i love wieners. it all. that's i mean that's uh, that's our you know wings how about i wings? thought chinese you, food cajun uh, food I, I thought well you said asian yeah japanese uh, chinese food got a little uh that didn't get uh, recognized as much as i thought it should have been i think it should be in someone's top three there there were four of you guys there Right, I think the yeah. I think the sushi is what people slept yeah. on. Is that, is that I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. Anyway, a lot, right. a lot I, of good I, food. I, it was a fun conversation. I mean, Go I, listen to it. Minus yeah, boy, three. I'm really trying to think of a good uh, segue into Devin Booker getting ejected from Chinese food. <laughs> I, I just can't do it. I can't. This is what you do to me, Dave. <laughs> we went Harden to Hench right. to food, okay. and now I got to talk about Devin Booker getting ejected in the Lakers game yesterday, and there's just one part. Well, first of all, it sucked, the ejection. I don't know if you saw it. He bounced the ball back to the ref, and LeBron reacted, like put his hand on his head, almost as if to think, like, is this, this is how bad the call was. It's like, is this call on me? Like, no, no, no. It's on him, and it's our best player, and he's getting ejected from the game, and you're still going to get beaten by double digits, Lakers. Suns, making their move there in the Pacific division. But uh, that was a weird, weird, another weird whistle. We've seen a few of them. Yeah, that I mean, uh, it, it's really getting to be a plague. And, you know, I don't know if it's owed to officials real. I mean, we make those jokes, but, you know, about like, hey, nobody paid to come and see you do your job, referee. Mm -hmm. And it also reminds me of, of one of my favorite um, semi-rhetorical questions. Did anybody you know ever growing up say, you know what I want to do? I don't want to I don't want to be in the NBA. I don't want to be a player in the NFL. I'd like to oversee the rules for no. other people. What kind yeah. of what kind of <laughs> officious weirdo growing up would be like, yeah, was it like the crossing guard kid who wore the orange strap thing? It was like this this speaks to me. That I want this to be my life's work. I want to I want to lord over people with rules. I mean, me that's the most pathetic life choice you can yeah. I, I can think of. Let me play De Devil's Damashek over here. Am I allowed to play, or you play? Uh, you're the only one who can play Devil's Damashek. Uh, I have me, at it. Let's go, right. go ahead. Let your hair down. I the thing that you said is very telling. Where people say no one goes to see the refs, no one goes anyway. But but no one tunes in to see the refs, right? When whenever anyone makes an ambitious call, no one tunes. Like I think this would hurt my feelings eventually. If you're a ref that's doing the games for like 25 years, like. I would be like, oh, yeah, watch this. Watch this crazy wig I'm going to wear and these giant shoes. I'm going to do everything within the compliance of NBA <laughs> guidelines to make it so that people would stop for once and for all saying, eh, no one's tuning in to see the refs. Like, yep, look at me. I'm putting on a show and Enrico Palazzo, right? Uh, and in a naked gun. Yeah, people tuning right. in to see him, right? Nobody, it's, you're right. And I can't think of a single official in our four major sports that has, any ink is that that's all you think yeah. it, I, I think i think it actually set proves my point that you got to be some kind of square that there's not a single guy not that i'm sleeved up myself but that there's not a single guy out there or woman at this point 
No one has like a as 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 a sleeve to to their wrist. Oh, any show, oh, real ink out oh, from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean real ink. Yeah, get get a tag huh. or something. Nobody has that. Well, I think that says what kind of what kind of Squaresville we're looking at. Hill producer Jim Cunningham could help me here. Uh, I think Stone Cold Steve Austin was a guest referee between uh, Michaels and uh, oh, uh, Bret Hart. Uh, he has he has. But not someone like him. You're not saying now you're not counting professional wrestlers, right? No, yeah, like no, I know with, with you know, yeah, yeah. hockeyly with like uh, you know the um, the barbed wire or something yeah, like yeah. that, <laughs> or a picture of himself. That's the best move. Is a picture of oneself. What did Kerry uh, Fraser have? Although they were all buttoned up, the famed NHL. Kerry <laughs> Fraser. I mean, I see now those guys. I'll give a pass. Like, okay, I can't make it in the league, but I am a divine skater. At least if if oh, yeah. my uh, life's work revolves around me just skating around laps on the ice because I love it so much. That one I give a pass to. Why anybody would want to to stand there in gear and crouch mm -hmm. down and like take foul balls off your face and everything else. Really, what what goes into the psychology of somebody who desires that? Like because no, it's not like you decide, I watched a lot of sports. I'm gonna be an official now. You have to go and slave in the minors for years, and maybe if you get real lucky, you get a break and bumped up. Who's willing to do that? Well, to they all wanted to do. They all wanted to be athletes, right? Well, probably all managers wanted to be athletes. They didn't want to, you know, be a skipper making lineups all the time, but it just didn't work out, right? The talent isn't. So there doesn't or that mean that they should then, by your logic, mm -hmm. so they are failed athletes themselves? They didn't achieve their dream. So yeah. wouldn't that reveal? some vindictiveness on at least some of their parts. Like, sure. oh yeah, Mr. Big Time uh, Multimillionaire, I'll show you. Time for my uh, for my nerd revenge on you. Potentially, Beat up. yes. You're out but of the game. Also, Beat good, it, thing, Devin Booker. good thing they did, because what if we had nobody who wanted to be referees? I mean, it's not like it's not like priests. I, mm. I don't know. I, I think uh, I think we'd be in trouble if these guys had to call their own fouls. Uh, the only one is, is it country Joe West or cowboy Joe West? That's a uh, that's the yeah, umpire. You look. It's Cowboy Joe West, and you you, you want to see him getting a, in a, a nose to nose with the an umpire. But other than that, um, I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right. No one really stands out. But the poor refs, the poor umps, no one comes to see us. I think after a while that would hurt my feelings. I I think you're right. Why well, you know that would hurt my feelings? Like, hey, <laughs> guess what, Dave? Nobody came to see you. Like that. You don't have to say that to me. I'm, I'm doing like, my I know job it already. But now you really. I'm just trying to get by. And now you got to say that to me. Do me a favor. Gonna, now, you know what? The next time you drive <laughs> up. i enough. Well, which it. team do you root for? Which <laughs> You're yelling at me, fans. You're yelling at me. Guess what? Guess who's about to have another a, a nice night? The other team. I hope you liked it. I hope it you know what would be interesting? Driving up to the uh, Price is Right lot, the CBS lot, right? And you go by the security guard to let you in. And you say, you know what? No one came to see you. That's it. It's the same kind of thing. <laughs> no one's here to see you. We want to see Plinko. There you go. Just lead us to the, lead us, show us the way. By the way, I mean, I, if we have time to talk, we have important things to talk with Kenny the Jet about. But mm -hmm. um, I, I really do, in, in, in from a basketball perspective, my assumption about the Lakers is that they're dangerous. We, we we've talked about it over the last six eight weeks. Yeah. I I kind of had the sense of of the way their individual talent is spreading so deep that they could survive if Anthony Davis, as he has now, had to sit down for a while, that that's survivable and they would still dominate yeah. most nights. I'm surprised by you. You, I mean, he's one of the half dozen best players in the league, so I shouldn't be that surprised. But 
you take him out and all of a sudden they're, I mean, getting hammered by the Devin Booker list yeah. team. I mean, that's crazy. That's that Suns team's all right. They're only a game back from uh, the Lakers. I agree. They're good. But- but uh, and they had one too before. I thought Schroeder was a big, uh, big difference. Hey, we got Kenny the Jet in the waiting room here. We oh, should okay, make that great. man wait. We we rarely get a, a guest, let alone the caliber of Kenny the Jet. Now we're gonna make him wait. Uh, bring him on there, Jim. All right, there he is. Our guest today is a two-time NBA champion with the Houston Rockets and a nine-time Emmy winner with one of the most entertaining shows in the history of sports television inside the NBA. He was also robbed of winning the 1990 NBA Slam Dunk Contest. We're going to talk about that. Kenny, the Jet Smith is here. What's happening, Kenny? I love the robbery. I was robbed, Dominique <laughs> Wilkins. But, uh, no, everything's going great, man. Enjoying getting ready for this documentary series, the All-Star Weekend, and everything's coming up this week. Tell us about this documentary real quick, because I'm, I'm very excited about it, and everyone should be. I, I mean, honestly, either we're very good or we're very old. Because mm-hmm. usually people are dead when they're making documentaries about them. But right. uh, I think o- overall, you know, we became, we become such a fabric with inside of the of pop culture, not just sports culture. So mm-hmm. it kind of translates. I, it's funny because so my, I have a, uh, my nephews and, and my son, I have a son that's 21 at, at North University of North Carolina. And they say sayings, but didn't realize that they're spawned from our show. Oh, really? Yeah, they like it's just part of the fabric of their conversation. And I'm like, you know, we made that up, right? It's like, <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, you lose, you're going to go on fishing. I'm like, yeah, I made that up, go on fishing. <laughs> you know, like, like that's, that's my thing. He's like, get out of here. You made that up, Dad? Do you so, then have to prove, you have to prove to him that it was you? Do you have to pull up right, the footage I, of it? They just, it becomes part of fabric, you know, like, I guess I, 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 I compare it to like a, a great rapper, like, you know, Jay-Z or Nas or, Right. Or Biggie. Like you start saying slogans that they've said, mm-hmm. you know, like you're like, hey, holla at your boy. You'd be like, nah, Jay-Z really kind of started people saying that. <laughs> right, right, right. Kenny, <laughs> I saw you. I saw you um, on at a Jerry's Deli in uh, in Los Angeles just before all the COVID kicked in. And I I really did almost come up to you and ask you this. You were sitting by yourself. You kind of made eye contact with me. And I thought. I'm not going to bother the man while he's having some eggs. So now I will ask you. You crossed over at UNC with a guy named Michael Jordan by a year. And we mentioned your two titles. And I know you had talked about this a little bit last year with the documentary, but I'm going to ask you again now. I say that the Houston Rockets would have vanquished the Chicago Bulls had Michael Jordan been on the team in the mid-90s. Mm. I think he dodged, I think his legacy is much greater because he avoided having to play. I think you specifically, Kenny the Jet and Vernon Maxwell, could have done a number on 23. How say I, you? I, well, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say the word avoided because he, he doesn't avoid it. He doesn't avoid things. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, we would have won. Uh, absolutely. I, I just think there's two things that I always say. Absolutely. Because one, you think, who's won eight titles in a row? When's the last? Who's done that? Eight titles. Fair point, right. Injuries, free agency, all the things that we saw that went on with his documentary. You know, who can do that? Secondly, there was no Dennis Rodman. There was no Horace Grant the two years we won. They were on different teams. They were way much too little for us. Mm -hmm. You know, with Akeem Olajuwon, way too little. I I do think 
absolutely we would have beat them those two years. But if they had gotten Rodman before then, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm like, no, that would have been different. Really? Without a Rodman, no way they would have been able to handle Akeem Olajuwon inside. Interesting. Could you have specifically, did you pick something up in your year practicing against Jordan that would have allowed you some advantage, you and Vernon Maxwell? Is there something like, oh, I know what 23 wants to do in this spot with the floor. I remember it from Chapel Hill. Well, what have, what have, I would have known not to speak to him or look him in his <laughs> eye. <laughs> I wouldn't have looked right. You know how that, that rumor, I knew the rumor was true. So we would have just, I'd have been like, Vernon, just shut up. Don't say anything. (laughs) Let's just get it done. Don't say a word. But I I really, you know, it's funny because the the two, the three year, first three year run that they won championships, we're in the West and they're in the East. And it's the regular season, not the playoffs. We were, we were, I think we were five, six and two against them Mm. in that run. Like we were, we had beat them six times. They can only beat us twice. We just didn't match up well for them in those runs. So I'm happy, actually, we didn't play because. I didn't. I wouldn't want it to be part of tarnishing that legacy. That legacy is mm. is is what makes him who he is. And I'm actually glad that we weren't part of that if it ha- did happen. I, honestly, well, it worked out well for you, Kenny. You, you know what you're part of. You're part of the greatest sports roundtable show of all time. And you know what? I, I do one on Fox, and I always think about. It. I'm like, I, it's just nothing's ever going to be as good as inside the NBA. And I've talked to this today uh, to Dave about this, and I've talked to my cousin Jimmy Kimmel, who also does a show, and we agree it might just be the greatest show of all time. Do, how, how do you feel? I'm not just kissing your ass here. How do you feel watching other shows? Is it hard for you knowing that you guys are so much more entertaining and informative than other shows? I think. You could say yes. It's not hard for me to watch because I don't. I see. I never watch. I never watch another sports show, mm. only because I don't like to get influenced. Because I understand the influence that we have. So I ne- for the last, like I know, I, I know, I know Stephen A. and PTI and all this. I've been on those shows, but I've never watched their show. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't watch. I think we have something unique that no one ever could Im- Im- imitate or duplicate. And I really believe. If any of us left, it would be irreplaceable because the other ones, we feed off of each other so much that it would be, it would just look, you know, it it just would be like the odd couple without Felix Unger. Like, you know (laughs) what I mean? It just would be like, wait, I think they tried that. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Who's that guy? So I I, I just think that, you know, we, I think we have something so unique because we all, are unscripted. We we are bringing our personalities, and what the documentary is going to show is what we do in the back just makes it to the. It's a continuation that makes it to the front. It does. It's not like yeah. oh, this is it, and it stops. It's literally. I'm in the same hotel as Charles. I was downstairs before the interview. He's screaming at the bar across the thing with his mask on, <laughs> and I'm on the other side, and, we, and it's a continuation of. He's like, "Did you see Shaq? He's wrestling tonight. Look, Kenny." And it's like, it's a constant, <laughs> it's a constant thing. So, right, it's not fake. It's Look, not fake. Someone just ends up putting a microphone on you guys eventually, That's and it. then you go back to That's the bar. <laughs> let let me ask you that. Let, forget about taking uh, someone away from the crew. What if you were to add somebody? You have the choice. They're going five. They say, hey, Kenny, we're going five-man crew. It's you. It's Ernie. 
it's Charles, it's Shaq. You could add somebody. You can go current players. You can go former players. Would you go like Draymond Green or uh, or Blake? It was Richard? interesting. It's interesting you say that uh, because I don't think anyone could replace, but I think you could add. Okay. I do you think you could add. And and I was like the Jackson 5. I was like, we'd be the Jackson 5. And God bless them right now, man. But I, I my wish was Kobe Bryant. Uh. It, it was because I wanted to have Shaq on one end and Kobe on the other. Mm-hmm. Because they give such diametric different postures about things. Yeah. And I used to hear the stories that they would say, like Shaq would say about Kobe. And then you hear Kobe and I'm like, wait, those things, like you got to bring that to TV, man. And I, and I, that would have been the perfect person because he's, he's so abrasive. And, he, and anyone who comes to our show, they can't try to fit in. They mm-hmm. have to have a personality. And like, I'm not trying to blend in. I'm going to be me. And this is how I am. And I'm not going to be influenced by these guys positively or negatively. That was Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And he, I don't know if there's another person out there right now that has that type of mental fortitude, that Mamba mentality to be like, no, this is it. I used to always say I wanted Kobe Bryant to join our show. Mm. That's uh, too bad. It's not going to happen. That would have been great. I'd love to see him and Shaq go at it. And obviously, great basketball mind. Yeah, that was that, that was it. That, that was my dream. And, you know, shout out, too, to Ernie for uh, for running the show. He's a perfect point guard for you guys, setting you up to each be a star uh, by your own right. He does a gangbusters job as well. Um, Sal and I have been talking about this the last week or so. I mean, every night, pretty much, somebody gets posterized. You posterized guys in your career. I don't remember you getting posterized too much based on your position. I'm not blocking shots. I'm why is it? <laughs> why? Why is this considered to be the worst thing that can happen to you? I can think of at least three other things. I'd rather get posterized than shoot an air ball, especially on a free throw. I'd rather mm. not get crossed over and fall down on the floor in front of other people. And I wouldn't want to get rejected, especially from the perimeter. That's the most humiliating thing because I've had it happen to me from 20 feet. Somebody swatted me. That's hum- that's a humiliation as a grown man. Why is getting posterized so bad? Because in a, in a poster <laughs> or meme, what they are now, we're, we're, we're showing our age by calling it poster. Right, it's right. meme, the memeization of, of getting, being a meme is <laughs> because it's physical brute force. It's the, it's the Neanderthal thaw in you. Like mano a mano uh, is clashing together and you lose and you bend. It's you're, you're the, <laughs> you're the rod that bends. You know what I mean? Being the rod, emasculation, right? Oh, no question. It's a definitely emasculating. So it's the you being the rod that bends. You don't ever want to be the rod that bends. Yeah, and that's what when you go up and they go up and you're meeting in the middle, you better not bend because your girl <laughs> is watching, your mom is watching, your kids are watching, and you don't want to bend. <laughs> Speaking, Kenny, of being emasculated, your Rockets lost to James Harden's Nets. 132-114. Lots of weird stuff with this game, right? James Harden coming home, puts up a triple-double, showed no mercy, 29-10-14. and 14. But what, what was weird to me is the Rockets announced before the game, not before the game, but this morning, that they were going to retire James Harden's number eventually. 
They didn't have to do this. Were they just hoping that Harden would take it easy on them if they make this announcement? Do you agree with the announcement? Should they have waited? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the greatest Rockets of all time, without question. He just haven't taken it to the heights mm-hmm. that, you know, we have played at, you know, right. but he came close. Um, but he's definitely individually, he was the MVP of the league. Um, you know, he was close to it every year. He's one of the greatest Rockets. He will go down as that. Unfortunately, couldn't win a championship there. Um, but they were begging for mercy. Yeah, <laughs> they really were. <laughs> begging for the all-star break for sure. <laughs> My last question, Kenny, is, is it a trip for you, a guy who was a, who was the star for a certain era there in uh, Chapel Hill, you go on to the NBA star there, two titles and everything else. Do you feel like you, you talk about your 21 year old kid that, that you're better known now. It's almost like Paul McCartney and wings that people in a certain age are like, wait, he did something before he was a broadcaster? Is that, is that uh, come? Uh, must be a lot of people out there who didn't even know you were. Oh, no, no question. I, I, think, I think they know that I've played, but I'm definitely more known today. Mm. Like, because of, without question. Um, I think I was, you know, when you win championships, you become like a, a, you get that 15, 20 minutes of fame back to back, you know? So everyone knows what, but then it fades because somebody else wins it the next year. This, we're we're next to the, the winner every day. So we're the winners. Yeah. So, like, for me as a player, it's interesting. When I go through an airport, when I was a player, people would go, oh, there he goes. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. That, they, they point and whisper. Or they would, you know, they'll take out the camera phone. Now, as what I am now, everyone comes to you and talks because you're in their living room. They feel like you, you, they actually turn you on to bring you into their house. So they feel they have a personal relationship with you. Mm. So I got to be ready to talk. When I, so if I go anywhere, I better be like, hey, with the throat lozenge in, you cannot just be like, oh, I'm going out to not <laughs> talk because everyone needs five minutes. Of you said this about my favorite player. You said this about politics. You said, because oh, we yeah. talk about everything. You said this about schools. You said that everything you can imagine so definitely much more known now for sure for sure i got more national commercials too i like well i'm a commercial (laughs) i like one every two or three years like i get it i jump into like a posse cut of of like commercials (laughs) now it's like oh we need it no it's definitely more now but what i'm hearing is is that is that i'm classy because i didn't bother you at jerry's deli in other words, I, <laughs> yeah. I no, you know, no, I, no, I would have expected it and I was ready for it. I'm not going to Jelly's Jerry's Deli and not ready to talk. I'm I ready think to they, talk I think they close it down. I don't think talk. anyone's going there. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, one more thing for me, Kenny. When are you going to take that commercial money and uh, and show Charles Barkley up betting money on the NBA futures? He put a hundred grand on the Blazers. What goes through your mind when he does something like that? Never, never bet on someone else. That's really? my first thing. Like, what? Well, somebody might have a, uh, a a upset stomach that day. I don't know. Like, what I mean, <laughs> like, I only the only thing I ever bet on is like when I play cards. Like in there, I'm in there in the house. That's mm-hmm. it. But hundreds of thousands of dollars, I work much too hard to be giving it away to anyone through the cards or anything else. He is an idiot. Charles <laughs> is an idiot for betting that type of money on any sport anywhere. Because he does not win more than he loses. No one does. And he definitely loses a lot more than he wins. 
Yes, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't care, right? That's a sickness, right? So you can't, uh, hey, you can't I don't talk know him if he cares, but I, I'll tell you what, he's losing. Yeah. <laughs> for sure well the documentary is called the inside story it starts thursday night on tnt following the miami new orleans game uh it tells the fans what they don't see behind the scenes i can't even believe it's uh more spectacular from what we do see but you're telling us it is and uh, i believe you thanks so much for coming on kenny i appreciate it all right can't wait thank you uh he's delightful what a what a fun guy kenny the jet smith Dave. delightful indeed eh I forgot to ask him um, the na- the nickname the Jet. Uh, uh, can you change your nickname after so long? Like r- right now, it's got a negative connotation, right? Because you're the- it's not the New York Jet. But how many new losing seasons do the Jets have to go through before you're like, ah, call me the, the call me the Bill or something? Or I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, listen, I all know. the gains, all the gains for the uh, for the pirates of the of the earth from Pirates of the Caribbean, Johnny Depp and everything else undone by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right. But then again, Tom Tom Brady has now elevated the profession once again. But yes, I, I get your larger point. Yeah, but a, a nickname is more specific. And uh, I mean, there's a road by my house called Isis Street and they, they just leave it. And I'm like, uh, mm. just change that. <laughs> what are we doing? Why do we have to drive, <laughs> take a left on Isis Street. It has to come up on ways screaming at us, Isis Street. But anyway- Kenny Smith, uh, great that documentary. I loved his answer on the. I love when guys say I, that was a, a. Imagine, and he's probably right. One, I, I happen to agree that those Rockets would have beaten them for exactly the reasons he laid out there. Mm-hmm. One, but two, that he's lucid or whatever enough to know that the league is probably not where it is if Michael Jordan doesn't get those titles. I, that's uh, <laughs> that he's that deferential that everybody understands like. Well, it wouldn't be good for any of us if Michael Jordan was, wasn't perfect in the finals. Well, the next question that nobody really knows the answer to, unless it's in, except for Michael Jordan, is did he step aside purposely, right? I mean, that was, uh, I mean, I know, he, he, I know we know he did, but for these various reasons, right? Was there an investigation coming down? What was going on? How different would it have been if he, if he stayed in and fought it and played and all this other stuff? Well, and it's a great point, too, that I hadn't considered. They Right. What's the likelihood that you're just going to run the table? That you're just going to mm-hmm. win the fourth in a row and then the fifth in a row. And then there's not going to be emotional fatigue or otherwise as you as you do that. That also would have given the Rockets an advantage. So in other words, the MJ, if it would have been Akeem versus MJ, MJ v. OJ, because that chase happened oh. while the Rockets were playing the Knickerbockers, if you'll recall. Of course. And nobody, OJ and stole they the show. Remember right. how they inset the NBA finals were inset and the big part of the screen yep. was uh, was OJ's uh, the car chase. Yeah. And uh, and and Bob Costas losing his mind. So MJ. So basically gambling saved sports again, saved the NBA because MJ mm-hmm. had to step aside because mm-hmm. of the gambling. Didn't have to or did he? So we don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm a kid. That's good for gambling. I'm sad. You know, he can make fun of Charles and call him an idiot all he wants. Gambling's still the best. And uh, because Still nothing of that, funnier than Michael Jordan going to Vegas, like to Phil uh, Jackson, yeah. to say uh, to Phil, yeah. Dennis Rodman, we don't know where he is. I'm got, I, I got this one because <laughs> like, no, 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 we we we'll send Bill Wennington. Like, nope, I can't hear you. I'm already at the airport, coach. Too late. 
I mean, was that <laughs> maybe is, that was Michael set up Judd, too. the greatest player in the world is in Vegas looking for Dennis Rodman. What, well, what the hell happened over that 48 hour stretch? No mistake that it's Vegas. He must have said, hey, Dennis, if you're going to get lost for three days, uh, go to Vegas so I could track you down there. Forget Vegas, though, because you got FanDuel Sportsbook right there in your wallet. They've got a secure, simple to use app. They offer live betting on throughout games. They provide promotions and odds boosts every single day. And they have exclusive bet types such as same game parlays where you combine multiple bets from one game into a single parlay. Easy to use, easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet. They have a range of betting options. Like I said, you could do live betting. Place your bet fast during a game if you see a trend you like. Opportunity to win big with FanDuel's exclusive game game parlays, like I said. And right now, the perfect time to give FanDuel a shot. If you sign up today, They'll let you place your first bet risk-free. That's right. They'll give you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. All customers also get up to $25 back in site credit each day if their parlay fails and falls one leg short with same-game parlay insurance. So if you get a $1,000 free bet, I'm going to pick a game here, Dave, for Thursday night. Milwaukee minus five at Memphis. I'm going to take Memphis here. Memphis pretty hot. Grizzlies won three out of four. They beat the Clippers by 28. You know, Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow, forget about John Moran, who had 35 against Washington. This offense is cooking. I don't think Milwaukee has to thrash them going into the All-Star break. It's Coast City. Take Memphis. Take the points. You're getting six. Do that on FanDuel Sportsbook. And guess what? If you lose and it's your first bet and you have $1,000 on it, you get it back in site credit. That's a pretty good deal. FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up with promo code extra points so we know we sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook promo code extra points. All right, Dave, what do we want to do? You want to talk a little football? I did. What do you think of this uh, anniversary thing with Bradshaw? Had you seen this before? I can't believe I'd never seen this before. 38 years ago, no. he checked into, what did he do here? He checked into a hotel? Was it a hospital? Yes, he was what did a- he do? Well, he was going to have his surgery. Right. I don't think, I, yeah, I guess I should, uh, I, I said I know the story and now I, I'm not sure of the specifics because I, it must have been a hotel. I mean, I don't think you can check into a hospital under a <laughs> under an alias. This is what I'm saying. He had he once had elbow surgery under the assumed name Tom Brady. He was admitted to the doctor's hospital in his hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana. So he's, it's in his hometown. To avoid being descended oh, upon okay. by the press and admirers, Brady admitted under an assumed name, and that was Thomas Brady in 1983. This is almost uh, impossible to be true, right? It really is. It's like Doc Holloway, Holiday did the surgery on him, yeah. some small town uh, uh, general practitioner. It is bizarre that I know, obviously, you can, well, it's not that crazy because they both are TB. It's crazy that... Uh, <laughs> Win, winners of 11 Super Bowls that the that the guy who had the most used the name of a guy. Wait, is he was he born at that point, Tom Brady? He would be alive at that point, but... Uh, yeah, know, he was uh, born in uh, 79. What was it? Yeah, 78-ish, I guess. Yeah, so he was a little, little boy. He's like four or five years old. The chances of that are insane. So- the, the craziest one of them all, I think, is... But this this makes the list. This is in the in the very short list of craziest sports coincidences the the best one is that um 
is it Ken Griffey Jr. and Stan Musial are from the same hometown? And they, oh, wow. that's uh, Ken Griffey Jr. has uh, 3,000 hits and he has the second most hits from this podunk town in uh, middle yeah. of nowhere, Pennsylvania. It's crazy. And set two Hall of Famers, right? Um, well, are you right about that or are you guessing? I mean, you might be making that up. Now, it's Stan Musial, and I think it's Ken Griffey Jr. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. You may have making well, it Well, they up. were but born. Anyhow. Well, wait. They were on this date in one small Pennsylvania town. Stan Musial and Ken Griffey Jr. were born. So not the or, I'm the, sorry. Right. I left out the key yeah. detail. Not only are they yeah. from that small town, right. they're born on the same date. Ken Griffey Jr. has the second most hits from somebody born on that date from that small Pennsylvania town De- <laughs> behind, behind Stan Musial. Denora, Pennsylvania, 49 years apart. Exactly. Uh, born. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But to outside but of to, Pittsburgh, to go out of your way to say Thomas Brady. I mean, there, there's also the chance that that Bradshaw thought that was his real name, right? We can, we can't discount that. He's right, a little out of right. It now, right? It, it, exactly. <laughs> the Terry Bradshaw is what he went with after he got bonked on the head for the seventh time in right. uh, in six months and was just like, I don't remember. Let's just go with Terry Bradshaw. For all we know, he is Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and in fact. We should check the dates of where Tom yeah. Brady slash Terry Bradshaw were, you know, I mean, right. Definitely the Steelers made road trips out to the West coast. He might have 11 rings San now. Francisco. It's hard to even uh, fathom what's going on. Um, I don't even know why I bring this up because I'm bringing this up to, to tell you that I'm sick of talking about Dak Prescott already. So now we're going to talk about Dak Prescott instead of just um, throwing Excellent. and saying next it. week. Well, they're saying he wants Patrick Mahomes money. And that seems to me uh, a good way to get yourself tagged <laughs> to say you want Patrick Mahomes' money. I feel like they're going to tag him anyway. I don't know why there's such a negative connotation with the tags. Maybe it should be an actual physical tag and it's like a nice gold bracelet or something, like a championship belt, but you wear it around your neck. And then guys wouldn't hang their heads that'll and walk around. That'll definitely take away any stigma if you have to wear something. That's oh, but if it's worth something, if it's also worth something, I right? See. You got it. You know, right. And no, you're not, it's not the scarlet letter, but it's like, Hey, I got my tag. What do you think? Huh? I was like, Oh man, I wish I was tagged. Then it becomes a good thing. <laughs> I'd be outraged if anybody tagged me, but then again, it would speak to like, Hey, somebody wants me. I guess I shouldn't turn my nose up. Of course. Um, I mean, I've said, as I've said to you repeatedly now, obviously, the way the Cowboys are constructed, mm-hmm. it's not like they're finishing like, oh, man, can you believe if we would have hit that one pass, we would have won the Lombardi. They're very far away from from, from being what? relevant. From winning, from winning the division? They're, they were a game away from winning the division without Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott. What are they far away from? I mean, come on. I mean, it's fun to make fun of any division that has that kind of a year when a the division champ doesn't go 500 and whatever, but the Cowboys are very far away. Sal from, well, they weren't from, last year, um, beginning of la- this time last year, they were a top six team in terms of odds to win the Super Bowl. I, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't think moving on from Dak Prescott is the answer. I know you and babyface Joel Solomon, you put together this cockamamie uh, spreadsheet saying, Nope, if you can't do it before your fifth season, you're out. But Prescott's get, getting better and better and better his last three seasons. So I don't think that's a time to move on from somebody. Well, first of all, it's not a small matter that they still aren't, that, that the ankle there's uh, from what right. I read, what do I know? But it, it, it sounds like there's some question about 
how the ankle, uh, the state of uh, th- that he broke uh, horrifically. Mm. But I mean, listen, when you get to the place, as we've seen with any of these QBs, once you get to the place where you're consuming that level of the the salary cap, the Cowboys need more talent. They don't that you know they can't just devote um, all resources to making four to building around number four there. It's, it, I, I just don't think that the formula has worked for Dallas. They would do well as Dak Press. I think Dak Prescott is great. I think he's underrated. I think he's one of the eight or 10 best quarterbacks in the game. I'd be, I, I'd love it as a Steelers fan. If I found out that Dak Prescott was uh, the starting quarterback as of 2022, or even uh, if there was uh, some path for him to wind up there before that, I don't think that the Cowboys are constructed to win the Super Bowl. It, they, you know, I think some if if they would nah. get, let's what? say if they if Justin Fields, I know it's not a guarantee, but if Justin Fields or Trey Lance, if there was an indication that one of those two guys is going to be there, yeah, with the gaggle of receivers that they have, and you you plug in a kid like that who is not going to consume very much of the cap for the next half decade, this potentially is a winning formula. Um, I and, think everybody you know, gets uh, way consumed with this cap thing. I get it that you can't go over the cap too much, but um, there's some creative accounting that goes on and Tom Brady put off getting paid for years and it worked out and you're doing just that. What you said, you're plugging in a kid in a very tough situation, which is to be a quarterback and a leader. And he is a leader in Dallas and that, right. So now the ankle thing is a, a legitimate problem, which is why I think they're going to franchise tag him. Why wouldn't you want him for this year? If it's if you're talking about signing him for five I years would, after also, this, it's different. I also have my I also am uh, a cynic about running backs at this point. Zeke Elliott, uh, as uh, devastating as he was, I mean he was he was crummy last year. But so what's that? Why is that Prescott? What are we going to do about that? Because if they have to move Justin on Fields from Zeke, gonna make him better? then you're talking yeah. kind of a then 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 if you move on from your feature running back. Mm. It, it seems to me that a reboot might be in order for for the Cowboys. I hear you, though, because the division is imminently winnable. It's, it's fa- so bad. I, I also, it's not just Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. I said on minus three this week, um, I Patrick Mahomes has already missed his best ch- Not to say he won't get another one or another five, but he's missed his best chance in terms of the roster that he was on, and uh, and the setup this past uh, a couple of months ago to win his second ring. It's yeah. going to be a tougher go of things for him because of the amount of the cap he's about to consume, not to mention the rising um, young QBs tough, all over the they'll, AFC. They'll still it's going to be much harder still for have him. They'll still have Kelsey. They'll still have all those guys. I, I, I think when those guys start going away is when you worry about it. It's, of course, always tough uh, to repeat or get back or all that. Uh uh, yes, I'm the blackjack dealer, and the rest of the division has six right now. And an unsigned Dak Prescott to me is better than, um, you know, what do you, uh, Tyler Heineke in Washington? Obviously, the the Washington defense is the best unit in all of the NFC East. Okay, but Tyler Heineke or Taylor Heineke, and you know what we got? Daniel Jones, who they don't know if they should move on for. Spaghetti could pretend to be excited about him, but really, that's a coin flip. And then you got, you know, the Philadelphia. What are they going to? They'll probably go out. You got one and a half good games out of that kid out of the last three or four. Uh, not, not a great, not a great idea there. I, I, don't, I don't think so. So the whole division is a mess. Dak Prescott far and away the best out of those guys. All right. You, 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 you make a compelling case as far as that goes, at least. They re, you really do. 
I also think that the Eagles, for all their noise, they're not going to stick with Jalen Hurts. They're going right. to use that sixth overall on, on a QB themselves. So it might be a moot point. Justin Fields and Trey Lance may both be gone by the time the Cowboys even go mm-hmm. in 10th, which is, you know, which leads to the point of, um, you know, all these teams making their plans around trading up to get Trey Lance or otherwise. We're now in the phase of the draft where you're now getting nonsense from the GMs around the league about like, oh, they're very, you know what? They really like Mac Jones. They like Mac Jones is not getting drafted before uh, Justin Fields. Hear me now. Believe me later. I will be floored if if it goes down that way. Yeah. Um, but all those QBs are going to be gone by, I would say, by pick 15 or so. If you Probably. go through the draft. I don't even want to bother. They're all coveted because you want the sweet spot. Is not just a good quarterback now. Now you need a good quarterback who's still on his rookie deal. That's why Mm. Russell Wilson hasn't been back to a Super Bowl since he got to his second deal. That's why babyface Joel Solomon is right with his research. The win, Your chance of getting there, even if you're uh, a Hall of Famer, goes down considerably when you are expected to cover all the warts on the roster because you're taking up so much of, uh, of the salary cap preventing you from having a deep roster. You better be one goddamn great quarterback to obscure all the uh, all the weaknesses on the roster that are owed to you, right? And that's what Dak Prescott is about to be. Yeah, I know. I'd still rather you know focus on a stud linebacker in those middle picks there, and then not worry about Sean Lee starting another year or Leighton Vander Esch who gets hurt. And we know how it is. You need a pass rush. The Bucks won the Super Bowl because they had a pass rush. For God's sake, yeah. I mean, you have to agree to that, but I don't know. I, I guess my original point is I don't want to talk about Dak Prescott anymore. And we talked well, 15 minutes. I mean, about March him. is beginning of March. The, you know, I said la- earlier in the week, March. A lot of people like to float it as the best sports month, and no, it is on. still October. But March is great because of what free agency be- has become in the NFL. It's so mm-hmm. much fun, and this. This coming week or two is going to really be great. It's going to, because of the lower cap, I assume most people are kind of following it sufficiently to know that the cap is down and this has surprised a lot of teams. Nobody saw COVID coming. So now people are going to start dumping players. In fact, they've already started doing that. Kyle Van Noy out in Miami. That's just the start of things. So there's going to be so much going to be nuts. this season. Yeah. Oh my God. We may have to go think, live. What happened? You know, Shecker season. I call Shecker season the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving through mm-hmm. nightfall of New Year's Day when the bowl games finish. That's the entirety of Shecker season. Right. And the best part of Shecker season, it's because you know, schoolwork goes down, nobody really cares if you do it, all that kind of thing. You presents and out at bars and all that stuff um, for six weeks of celebrating. Mm-hmm. The, the best part of Shecker season, though, is Thanksgiving. Why? Because it's the first part. And just like that, here we are with college basketball about to reach its peak uh, and everybody's excited for the tournament, but don't sleep on the Thanksgiving of it, AKA the conference tournaments next oh, week. It. That's some of the most fun of the thing. Cause those bum teams that have no chance of doing anything once they actually play in the tournament, this is their, this is the, tra- the celebrations when they make a buzzer beater from, I don't know what directional school in Michigan or whatever they're going to the tournament. They're going to get smoked by 38 next time you see them. But in the meantime, it's fun to watch. And the and the ACC and the Big Ten, these tournaments are going to be just grand. I well, I, I, I don't know if they'll be grand. I do agree with you. I would get just as excited for the conference tournaments as I did the NCAA. First of all, I try to make money so that I'd have 
Lou, to bet the NCAA, but with no fans or a few fans, it's not going to be as exciting. Yeah, well, that's true. And there's also a threat. I'm hearing that the Big East, they may cancel it. Um, and, and you know what, Dave? I feel sick because a lot of people remember Rudy Gobert vomiting as the start of sports getting canceled. I remember all one by one that Thursday, <laughs> boom, 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 all those conference tournaments getting canceled <laughs> little by little. That Thursday is when the, you know, you don't have the so uh, playing game. I'm like, oh my God, I get sick. I, I just want to get through it. I, imagine if we have two two seasons, two NCAA tournaments ruined by this uh, terrible virus. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be able to starting to get it. in there. It's nice. I know. Starting to I get know. fans in there slowly but surely. But I, I hear good. you on that one. <laughs> that really was the craziest oh. uh, little 24 hours. Right, Gobert does his thing on the microphone. Then, wait, Tom Hanks has it. And it's like, oh, oh, this is serious now. Now we yeah. have to shut it down. I always say, as I always say, if those two things hadn't happened on basically the same day, I wonder if we would have just as a society been like, okay, stop screwing around, everybody. We we got the yeah. Super Bowl in, and now we sh- now we shut it down. Tom Hanks is in jeopardy. Right. Yeah. Oh boy. I don't even want to think about it. Just forge forward. Let's let's everyone be safe and let's get through this we conference made it a and year, NCAA Sal, that's tournament. The good news. You're right. Exactly. Uh, here's the bad news though, Dave. Someone reached out to us at the extra points gang at gmail.com. Oh, no. The extra points gang at gmail.com. That's where you write to us with any complaints or anything you want to talk about. You have any comments on what we've discussed. David Wilson titles this the uniformant. He says, guys love listening to the podcast. And I've been a fan since the inception. I currently work as a contractor for the U S Navy in Japan and have been here since 2006. I have one complaint. It would be with Dave being called the uniformant. I was born in Eastern Ohio, but raised in a small town outside of Pittsburgh, Newcastle, around obnoxious Steelers fans. Being from Ohio originally, I was a fan of the Browns because my father was a fan and it was something we could enjoy together. Dave, like most Steelers fans that I know, incorrectly states that the Steeler colors are black and gold when anyone who is not colorblind can easily see that their colors are black and yellow. How can you be the self-proclaimed uniformant and not be able to identify your own team colors? It's even worse because the college team in Pittsburgh actually has gold in their uniforms. Still going to listen and take care. Your fan in Japan, David B. Wilson. Well, there you go. All right. I, uh, Joel, I don't know how you do it exactly. Technically, Jim cut off David's feed forever. He's not allowed to listen. What? That's my new rule. If you, I'm just saying something to you and I want you to hear me. If you go ahead, it's a free country. I, I'm not I'm not going to tell you you're not allowed to write in and say mm-hmm. negative things about Dave. Just know that my new rule is I'm going to ban you. I'm going to. I might from what? Overly harsh. I don't want to start off. I don't want to start off. This guy's putting his life on the line. He's been in, in Japan forever for 15 years. And right. He takes you to task right. on, a, on a color. OK, so f- uh, OK, I'll be benevolent. He's suspended for one week. You're not allowed to listen to the show for, okay. for one week. I think that's I, uh, fair. I hope, I hope it was worth it to you to write that. I hope it was worth it to you. A guy a guy who who roots for a team called Brown, and they're, they have more orange in their uniforms than Brown, and he has the gall to, to speak up on business that has nothing to do with him. You made <laughs> your bed, friend. You had a choice. Newcastle, PA, on the right side of the border, by the way, Okay, born in Ohio. Oh, but me and my dad, that's a, that's our thing. You made a bad choice. Your dad made a bad choice. Wow. And now you must sleep with that. And guess what? 
you know what? I know you feel sad about that. And now you can't uh, be made to feel a little bit better for one hour twice a week because you are hereby for the next week banned from listening to extra points. Congratulations. I got to tell you, David, not Dave Damashek, but David Wilson, everything. I, I want to be on your side for this, but at the, the matter at hand, it, it seems like you're incorrect. Everything's saying black and gold. Everything. I don't see yellow anywhere. I mean, I see you could say yellow. I think it's more fun to say gold. Wiz, I don't know. Wiz Khalifa says black and yellow, black and yellow. The kids say black and yellow, oh, in fact. It, the younger generation he? questions even. Jean-Claude Van Damme asked me, he's like, why is it called black and gold? And I sat him on my, instead of black and yellow, and I sat him on my knee. And mm-hmm. uh, and nine hours later, he was released after I explained to him what was great <laughs> about it being black and gold. All right. So Wiz Khalifa, David Wilson, and John Claude Van Damashek are you hereby suspended for a week from listening. Um, they're probably very relieved uh, to extra points. There you go. But hit us up, the extra points gang at gmail.com. Dave, you're at Damashek on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, be careful, though. Be careful, yeah. though. New sheriff in town. Who's that? What do you mean? Where? Me. Oh, you, oh you you're the new sheriff. Suspended from listening, then badmouth me. Go ahead. The new um, sheriff also, has a new podcast on Minus 3. Well, not new. It's been around right, for the, a while, but the you have deputy, a new episode. The deputy yeah. is Kevin Hench, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the prisoner is Eddie Spaghetti because he has to sit there <laughs> and, and, and take a verbal beating from Kevin Hench. Um, but it's delightful stuff. Our first show, well-reviewed by you, the listener. We appreciate the feedback on it. We'll have a good show for you coming up uh, at the tail end of the week to get you right, especially all of you in the Northeast. That's our focus, picking all things. Tri-State, Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, up into Boston, shame the devil. And mm. uh, and uh, it's I really do love doing it with hench and spaghetti. And then, uh, the earlier show in the week, we have a, a bunch of fun people lined up to join us over the uh, coming weeks and months. So get there on board. Go. Why don't you, except for you, David Wilson, that's minus three. We just did a laugh lines with Rachel Bonetta. That was fun. Lemon pepper parlay gang betting Academy. They're betting every night. Kendrick Perkins, uh, and Gina Paradiso, not every night, but twice a week. They have, um, bets for the week, hit them all against the odds. We're going to do that Thursday night. We'll have some weekend UFC stuff for you. And thank you so much to Kenny the Jet Smith. What an honor. That was great, him jumping on. You can catch his documentary it right after the game on TNT, the inside story. And a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. See you next week. 